Have you heard of Christian nationalism and wondered what it really means? Hi, I'm Rex Rogers, and this is episode number 135 of Discerning What is Best, a podcast applying unchanging biblical principles in a rapidly changing world and a Christian worldview to current issues in everyday life. The idea of Christian America means different things to different people. Pollsters have found a wide circle of Americans who hold general God and country sentiments, but within this is a smaller group who also check other boxes in surveys, such as that the United States Constitution was inspired by God, and that the federal government should declare that the U.S. is a Christian nation, advocate Christian values, or stop enforcing the separation of church and state. This perspective has come to be called Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism attempts to fuse the standards of Christianity with the ideals of nationalism. This movement is founded on the belief that God has bestowed a unique privilege and responsibility upon a particular country to represent Christ, and therefore Christian nationalists consider it their duty to promote and defend the tenets of the Christian faith at all costs and in every public arena. American Christian nationalism has been a constant theme throughout our nation's history, beginning with the Puritans. The movement saw a modern resurgence during the Cold War era when many evangelical leaders characterized America as God's chosen victor against the Soviet communists. I remember attending a God and Country rally in Canton, Ohio, probably in the late 1960s. The speaker was a noted Christian leader, who had morphed his presentation from evangelism to America, love it or leave it. The large gymnasium where the event was held was draped in more red, white, and blue bunting and flags than I had at that point ever seen. When the man spoke, communism was his biggest boogeyman, and he did what I later came to understand as wrapped the Bible in the flag, meaning he interpreted verses in terms of American patriotism. I've always been glad for that one experience with this, though I don't condone the man's approach. It's one thing to say the beginning and underpinning of the USA was heavily, if not thoroughly, Judeo-Christian in philosophy and principle. It's another thing entirely to claim the USA was or should be a Christian nation as such. It is one thing to believe and point to historical evidence that God has indeed blessed the USA with seemingly unique opportunities, what's sometimes called American exceptionalism, and it is another thing to claim that the USA was chosen by God or given a special mandate no other nation has been granted. It's one thing to say America has or should honor the sovereign God of the Bible, and another thing to assert that God always and exclusively honors America. Now, history provides ample support that Christian beliefs have played a vital role in our country's origin story. The Constitution of the United States was written with a clear Judeo-Christian worldview and designed to govern its citizens with laws inspired by biblical standards, while allowing freedom of religious expression. The Declaration of Independence mentions God four times, directly connecting each reference to New Testament ideals. While history proves America's Judeo-Christian roots, it does not suggest that our founders sanctioned the establishment of a Christian nation. The second clause of the First Amendment expressly prohibits Congress from adopting any form of national religion, and I quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion 
or prohibiting the exercise thereof. Now, the Reverend Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church of Dallas, said he doesn't identify as a Christian nationalist, but does believe America was founded as a Christian nation. I'm not claiming that all of our founders were Christians, he said. Some were deists, some were atheists, but the majority were Christians. I'm also not saying that non-Christians shouldn't have the same rights as Christians in our country. But there's a case to be made that the Judeo-Christian faith was the foundation for our laws and many of our principles. Pastor Jefferson's comments are sophisticated and properly nuanced. But there are others, many who claim faith in Christ, who are not nuanced and instead seem aggressive and at times belligerent. That said, we have to be careful with this term Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism has become kind of like a junk box into which everyone piles his own conceptions. But it's not monolithic. Three dominant perspectives on Christian nationalism have arisen over the past several years. Some equate Christian nationalism with the rioting at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Others say it's any attempt to enforce God's law in a country. And others claim it's advocating for Christian values on issues such as abortion. For some, like Pastor Jeffress, Christian nationalism simply means that Christianity has influenced and should continue to influence the nation. They argue America was founded on transcendent Christian principles. The Declaration of Independence affirms all men are created equal, and all are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Such a principle is worthy of Christian advocacy, alongside a biblical view of issues like marriage, sexuality, and abortion. Our nation would be improved by affirming the goodness of natural law principles. In the best sense, this form of Christian nationalism doesn't attempt to dominate the political process or to make the nation completely Christian, but simply seeks instead to bring change by persuasion. They won't force their opinions, but they also won't back down for arguing for them. Religion will always have a place in politics. The best form of Christian nationalism advocates for Christian principles, just like secular nationalism advocates for secular principles. But some Christian nationalists want to define America as a Christian nation, and they want the government to promote a specific cultural template as the official culture of the country. Some have advocated for an amendment to the Constitution to recognize America's Christian heritage, others to reinstitute prayer in public schools. Some work to enshrine a Christian nationalist interpretation of American history in school curricula, including that America has a special relationship with God or has been chosen by Him to carry out a special mission on earth. Those who politically oppose Christian moral values have seized upon the label Christian nationalism painting Christian believers, conservatives, Trump supporters, Republicans in general, and anyone else who opposes leftist progressive views as pejoratively extremist or racist in the wake of the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The term Christian nationalism has become synonymous with white Christian identity politics. So the term Christian nationalism is at a minimum problematic, and at some juncture, unbiblical. 
Christian nationalism in its most developed state as a political philosophy does not align with Scripture because it ties the Lord Jesus Christ to a political agenda. It contends there is but one, the, political program for believers. It waters down the truth by equating political goals with the gospel. It uncritically aligns the Scripture with the USA as a nation-state, meaning the U.S. can do no wrong. And it wraps the Bible in the flag. As noted earlier, there's one positive that should not be forgotten. Altogether, this history has left America with what's called a civil religion, a public Judeo-Christian moral consensus that makes e pluribus unum possible, something profoundly helpful for social cohesion, but not always good for theological orthodoxy. It is this civil religion, the e pluribus unum, that today is fracturing at the foundations. Christians can and should engage in politics. They should apply their faith to political issues. But believers should always remember it is the Word of God that stands above and critiques partisan politics, culture, and country, not the other way around. Well, we'll see you again soon. This podcast is about discerning what is best. If you find this thought-provoking and helpful, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Download an episode for your friends. And for more Christian commentary, check my website, R-E-X-M as in Martin, that's rexmrogers.com. And remember, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm.